Chapter Ten of From Bangkok to Bombay, Siam, French Indochina, Burma, Hindustan, by Frank G. Carpenter. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Elephant Lumberjacks. A good part of today has been spent in watching the elephants at work in the teak sawmills and lumber yards of Rangoon. Burma is now the world's chief source of the best teak and annually produces hundreds of tons of this wood. It is largely used in the Orient for making furniture, as well as for railway ties and general construction purposes. One of its special uses in this part of the world is for building temples. Practically all of their decorations in carved wood are of teak. It is the most valuable as well as one of the hardest and most durable of woods. Teak beams, which are known to have stood for more than 1,000 years, have been found in good condition. The green wood is so heavy that the trees are first girdled in the forests and allowed to stand for two years until they dry out sufficiently for the logs to be floated down the streams. Both in the forests and at the ports, elephants are indispensable in handling teak. The great beasts drag the logs to the streams and arrange them behind the booms. They stack the cut timbers and break up log jams. Every sawmill here has its elephants, and some companies use several hundred. The average operator, however, can afford but few, for the animals are costly, their prices ranging from $1,500 to $5,000. The elephants come from the forests of Upper Burma. All those in the province not in captivity are owned by the government, which has a special department to look after them. The elephant commissioner keeps track of the wild herds and every year sends out hunting parties to catch the young bulls. The wild elephants are sometimes trapped in pits and sometimes led into corrals by tame elephants trained for the purpose. The tame beasts mix with the wild ones and lead them into the pins, whereupon the hunters sort out those they wish to keep. Most of the cow elephants and a certain number of bulls are turned back into the forests. Males are best for lumbering because of their tusks, which they use as levers and upon which they balance the logs. After the bull calves have been trained, they are sold to the lumbermen, a few being kept for government use. Like other animals, elephants can be trained efficiently only when young, the best age being between 3 and 15 years. A bull is full-grown at 22 and at his best from 25 to 45. In captivity, elephants do not ordinarily live more than 30 years though normally they would reach a far greater age. There are exceptional cases of elephants more than a 100 years old. Teak lumbering seems to be one industry wherein machinery is never likely entirely to replace animals. Generally, the teak trees grow in rough, hilly country, and in forests they are mixed with bamboo and other growth. The elephants can climb hills almost like mountain sheep, and they can drag the felled trees through the roughest kind of country. The best of them can pull logs weighing two and a half tons, and every animal used in this work is expected to move an average of 1,000 board feet of logs a distance of a mile and a half or two miles in a day. As a rule, each elephant gets out from 50 to 70 logs in a season. The season lasts from about the 1st of June until the end of February, when it grows too hot for the animals to work and they go into rest camps until the next rains. Experienced lumbermen say that an elephant can be worked in the forests 
about one hundred and fifty days out of the year in the busy season the animals are often used for three days in succession and then allowed to rest for one if they do not have enough work to do their temples swell a fatty substance oozes out of the glands behind their eyes and they become savage then unless they are chained up they run amuck uprooting bamboos destroying trees and trampling down everything in their path the elephants do perhaps their best work in the streams here they are largely used for breaking up log jams and for working the logs down the beds of the watercourses when there is not sufficient depth to float them they go about knee-deep in the mud a piling teak in the sludgy squudgy creek as kipling says in these marshy places nothing but elephants could do the work tractors for example would be hopelessly stalled in the muck but the elephants tread down through the soft mire to the hard pan beneath these people as the natives always call them are magnificent swimmers and in high water they go from bank to bank pushing the logs about at the direction of the drivers perched on their heads sometimes all one can see of a beast is his trunk thrust up through the water so he can breathe while his rider will be sitting up to his waist in the wet the elephants break up jams by pushing out the key logs they know the danger of being caught when a jam breaks and if they see such a thing about to happen they trumpet loudly and make for the bank or take out downstream as fast as they can go i wish i could show you some of the huge beasts i saw at work in the rangoon teak yards they lifted great logs on their tusks and stacked them in piles they carried timbers to the saws and laid the finished planks in order for shipment their every action showed reasoning power and they seemed to calculate cause and effect at one sawmill i saw two big fellows piling lumber together each of them was directed by a silk-turbaned burman seated upon his head the men used both hands and heels as well as word of mouth to tell the elephants what to do and jabbed their mounts with sharp brass hooks at any sign of disobedience either of these two elephants could lift on his tusks a log twelve inches in diameter and carry it across the yard he would kneel down before the middle of a log thrust his tusks under it and then throwing his great trunk over the top to steady it would get up and carry it to the truck upon which it was to be rolled up to the buzz saw if the log proved very heavy he would rest one end on the ground and drag it at another part of the yard i watched an elephant piling teak he would lift a timber and lay it down on the others as evenly as though he had measured each piece sometimes he would stop and squint at the pile to see if it were evenly stacked and then butt or kick into place any logs that might be out of line where it was necessary to carry two logs at a time the men tied a rope around them and the elephant would pick up the end of the rope with his trunk put it over his tusk and walk off with his load the elephants are also trained to gather up the scraps of lumber and lay them so that the workmen can rope them into bundles they help too in loading the steamers that come here for teak in some places the elephants work in gangs and i am told that there are boss elephants that keep the others up to their work and beat the loiterers with their trunks in some yards each elephant has his own job which he does regularly these elephants at rangoon are particular as to their working hours they seem almost to watch the clock for they get restless as the noon hour approaches and stop now and then to wait for the bill at twelve o'clock 
when the whistle sounds and the bell rings they drop instantly whatever they have on their tusks and bolt for the feeding sheds i have been told that it takes the equivalent of the labor of three men to supply an elephant with his daily ration of bran molasses hay and other food a full-grown tusker at work in the forests requires as much as eight hundred pounds of food a day in the jungle the animals are usually allowed to forage for themselves after their work is over being trailed by their footmen and brought back into camp no matter how far they wander each man knows the footprints of his own charge and pays no attention to other tracks each elephant must have his bath twice a day at one of the yards i saw the beasts being washed the elephants knelt down while buckets of water were thrown over them after that their drivers scrubbed them with rough brushes of coconut husks and curried them all over as the water was dashed upon them they flapped their ears and grunted with enjoyment i asked one of the men if the beasts were hard to handle he replied no but we must always be on guard if one of them should grow angry he would not hesitate to attack us the elephant is a touchy creature for example if any living thing creeps under the blanket on his back he grows restless and does not work well he will tremble like a woman at the sight of a mouse for fear perhaps that the animal may run up his trunk some of the drivers teach their mounts to beg after a visitor has watched one of these trained beggars at work for a while the beast will throw up his head and salute then put out his trunk for money in case it is not forthcoming he will fumble in the stranger's pockets with his trunk they tell me that this last trick never fails to work as i left one of the sawmills i threw a piece of silver to the man on the biggest elephant he rubbed the head of his mount with his heel and thereupon the elephant threw his great trunk high up in the air and gave me a grand salute once burma ranked with siam as the land of the white elephant king theba had a palace for his white elephants which were treated like royalty when they went out umbrellas of white and gold were held over them their ears were decorated with golden tassels and their foreheads covered with golden plates the man who found a white elephant and brought it to the palace was ennobled and exempted from paying taxes for the rest of his life but when the british took over the country they deposed all the white elephants from their imperial position like the siamese many of the burmese still believe that the white elephant is inhabited by the soul of some departed hero or king and if one should be found the probability is he would not be set to work hauling logs but would be given to some monastery and fed by the gifts of the faithful end of chapter ten